I like big books and I cannot lie. Kim and Julie sure can't deny. When a book walks in with a big thick spine, we're gonna have a good time. So, baby, wanna talk books with ya? You get the picture. Just push play and subscribe and turn to chapter five. Hey! Ta da! We're back for another episode of our book talk mini season. Yes, I'm so excited. I have been looking forward to this episode. I'm ready. I'm ready. Me too, because we talked about this when we were brainstorming and we said, let's do two reading lists of people that we like, that we're interested in knowing what kind of books they liked, and then just talk through it. And I feel like I had mine so fast and you were like, wait, I don't know who's mine going to be. And we didn't share Mm-mm. who the other one was. So it's a total surprise, which is really, I'm really excited to hear. I've been wanting to ask you, like, who did you choose? But I held myself back. Do you have any guesses? Who my first? Not at all, because I I was talking to Josh about that, and I was like, Josh is my husband. For those who don't know, bless him. I was talking to him about it, and I was like, I need to know what who she chose, and because you know, nosy Nelly. But I said it's probably going to be so unique. (laughs) It's probably people I would have never thought of because that's just Julie and all her like eccentric amazingness. <laughs> very and then mine is going to be like very basic. <laughs> no, know? I'm really curious. Yeah. I feel like yours, my two, there's maybe like one or two books and we'll talk about it that I'm really interested in reading off of their list. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like productive in that sense, but it was really like, I liked learning about it, but I feel like your lists are going to be people I'm going to be like taking notes and mm-hmm. okay. I need to read the books that they like. Yes. Well, I discovered I picked a, like a musician slash celebrity for one. And then my other one, I picked an author and I was so excited because both of them liked some of my favorite books. I'm like, okay, well, it's meant to be like we're book besties as well. Why haven't you called me yet? <laughs> like, okay. Have a guess. We- <laughs> when we get to yours, I have a guess for like what one of yours, who they okay. are. Okay. I'm excited. So my first one. Drum roll, Duh. Mr. Rogers. Shut up! I would curious? have never thought of him, and I love him. You know, I love him. He is just the kindest, gentlest. One of my favorite stories of I remember this vividly as a kid. Is do you remember that show? You might be too young for this, but there was that show, Candid Camera. And yes, I they would like, camera. and so one of them, they had these celebrities, they were already at this hotel to do like some type of conference. And as part of the conference, the speakers were asked to review like VHS tapes of something like to give their feedback on. And Mr. Rogers was there and they're like, let's get Mr. Rogers. Cause they're like, he is the nicest guy on television. Mm-hmm. If we can get a reaction out of him, like what good TV will that be? Mm-hmm. And so they came into his room and they told him your TV's broken. And he's like, okay, thanks for letting me know. And they're like, uh, so they kept having to have these meetings with the st- their production crew because they couldn't figure out how to get him. And so they're like, okay. Oh. Then they came back and they're like, your TV is not going to be fixed for the whole time you're here. And he's just like, okay. And then I think the very end one, they brought in this tiny TV that was 10 inches tall, maybe or something. And they're like, okay, we figured out a replacement. Like here's a TV. And he's like, thank you so much. That is so nice. And then they had to bust themselves out. They're like, we've been trying to get you. And he's like, oh, okay. That was, I just love He is, was a literal angel on this earth. 
in a cardigan. I loved yes. him. <laughs> yes. I loved you. I literally weeped when he passed. Like I had, I had a mourning period because he was such a large part of my childhood and he just was the epitome of kindness. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. Well, <laughs> it's so precious. Reading his book list, I'll start telling you the books that are on there, but I think there's nothing that was like a super huge surprise for me. There's a couple that I'm not, I hadn't heard of, and it could just be because of the time that he was writing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but his like, he said the books that influenced him most. So number one, he said the little prince. Okay. And he just said he didn't list them in any kind of order. So I can't say, have you read that book? I think I've just no. seen the little Prince cartoon. Mm-mm, haven't read that book, but it but kind of makes sense. To. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause I feel like it had a theme of childhood and growing up and you know what that meant. So I think it was very, it made a lot of sense for what he did in his career. Right. And then he had a couple on childhood. So childhood and society by Eric Erickson. Okay. And then the angry book by T.I. Rubin MD. And so I suspect that that was probably a book about children. Social. Yeah. And social emotional learning probably. Mm-hmm. And so he had the writings of Henry with an I, J.M. Nowen. Hmm. I don't know what that is. No, me neither. The Secret Garden by Francis Hodgson oh. Burnett. Such a good book. So good. Classic. Yeah. I know. Uh, and then he had the Vegetarian Times cookbook. He like, was a vegetarian. Yes. He was a vegetarian. I didn't know that. Because it's of like, course, because he couldn't kill animals. He couldn't harm them. Because he's Mr. Freaking Rogers. I mean, come cheese. on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had the poetry of Robert Frost. And the works of oh. William Shakespeare. So like he's like the classical, you know, I could see him sitting around reading those. I know. I'm I sure. watched a documentary on him one time. He had like this cottage and I forgot where it was, but it was like right next to a beach. So now in my mind, I'm envisioning him reading Robert Frost yeah. at his beach cottage. <laughs> Me too. No. And then his, like the last ones he ended with were the old and new Testament of the Bible. And he said, if you want to know the one book I consider as the greatest, my answer would be the Bible. So that's how ended his letter. I love him. I love him. And also the, the celebrity slash musician, I chose her favorite book. Her top number one was the Bible. Okay. Tell me is your celebrity slash musician, Taylor Smith. No. <laughs> Sure, hers is, is the Bible. I'm not judging. I'm not. But I, I just like that think. was my guess until you said that, <laughs> and then I was like, "Wait, now I've lost my." I love her. Okay, we have to tell them. We have to tell them. I have an yeah. eight-year-old daughter named Allie, and she just says things sometimes in a very funny way. So <laughs> she's very. She goes through seasons of different music that she likes. So right now she's in a Taylor Swift obsession, but she calls her Taylor Smith, like S M I F F. And I will never say her name right again. Like I love her name is Taylor Smith now. Hashtag Taylor Smith. (laughs) And I love Taylor Swift. So, you know, excuse me, Smith. So we like (laughs) jam out in the car all the time now. So, but it's not Taylor Smith. Yeah. yeah. Now our whole team calls her Taylor Smith too. So. They need to, and they need to have t-shirts with Allie's face on it saying that, you know what I mean? Oh, that'd be so sweet. <laughs> I know. 
Oh gosh. Okay. So um, I guess wrong. So who, who is your list? This has nothing to do with the fact that I just went to a theme park. Oh <gasps> no. I know about her. About. Yes. Because so I had grew up loving her. Oh, absolutely loving her. Like same. from I me, mean, I'm from South Georgia. So obviously I'm going to listen to her music. Dolly Parton. I love Boom. her. I love, I love everything about her. Everything about her. I love. She is just authentically unapologetically herself. She is inclusive. She loves everyone. She practices what she preaches. And I love that. And she just brings joy. And so like, if I can't bring joy to a situation, I'm just not going to involve myself. So I always try to bring joy to whoever I'm working with or around, even though my husband might disagree, whatever, (laughs) (laughs) but I really do. So I love her because she, you know, is the same, you know, so her favorite book was the Bible. That was the number one. That makes sense. Now knowing it's Dolly Parton. Yeah. And then she loves the little engine that could because she, she identifies with him. And so she just said, I've always felt like the little engine and could in this business that she was in, I would dream things. I would go after them and I would just keep chugging along. So she just love that. (laughs) And that was the first book. So Dolly Parton has that charity that's the, or the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. The imagination Um, library. mm -hmm. And so that's the first book that they send out in that. Mm -hmm. Oh, isn't that precious? I love it. Okay. She likes a book called the big stone gap by Adriana Trijani. I've Mm -hmm. never heard of that, but it's like a Westerny type Hmm. of deal, like country Western stuff, which kind of, it makes sense. And then she listed a classic, the grapes of wrath by John Steinbeck. I have not read that. Have you? Um, no, I have not. But now I need to because Dolly likes it. Hello. And then Dolly came in with a clutch and I knew, I knew somehow I was like supposed to be her friend. She just doesn't know it yet, but she like, you know, well, one day she'll accept it. Her on her favorite book list, Outlander. No. The Outlander series. What? <laughs> I, I was like, okay, Dolly. Okay, girl, I got you. I got you there. Yes, ma'am, Outlander. Mm-hmm. I know she's a little spicy. That's all I got to say. <laughs> she it's is, all the sequins. It's all yes. the sequins. You know what I mean? She's not afraid of the spice. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, Outlander, yes. <laughs> so I was so excited. I'm so surprised. Me too. Me too. But that's my girl. She's very diversified in her reading list. Yes. I mean, you got the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. You have the children's books, you have classics, you have Western country, and then you add a little spice. Yes. And that's her whole, her her list, right? Yeah. That was what was on her top. I think it was top five. I don't think we ever talked about this, but when I was growing up, we had like little cassette players. And so that was like our books on tape, but we didn't have the finances of the access to have like a library of books on tape. And so I had star track, not star Wars, like one, I don't even know if it's a book, but it was like a whole production. And then I ended up somehow, somebody must've given us Louis L'Amour and, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a Western writer. And yes. so, and it would, it was like a whole production. They'd have like horse sounds and all these different characters, but I so cool. would listen to those over and over for years, every time when I would go to bed. So. 
I love that. I love that. No, um, my mima grew up. Well, this is like, she was an adult woman, but she raised me, my grandmother, I call her my mima. And there was a, a TV show that Dolly would guest a star on. And I forgot the host name. Oh Lord, help me. But he always wore a cowboy hat and like rhinestone, like bell bottom pants, which I dug. Like, go ahead and do your I think thing. She talks about that, didn't it? Yeah. Did she have an autobiography that came out? She has a documentary on Netflix. And okay. I've, I've watched it three, three or four times. But she <laughs> talks about like that experience with him. And that was really interesting about how it, sort of like they broke up, quote yeah. unquote, because she was married, but like their partnership mm-hmm. broke up. Yeah. So that was on rerun and my mom would watch that. So I grew up watching that. And then I remember when nine to five came out. Well, no, I was obviously I wasn't alive, but I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, I got to watch this again and again and again and again. So I just like grew up loving her. I just she's so unapologetically herself. Yes. And I love it. So did you read? I'm going to have to look this up real quick because Mm -hmm. I read this book this year or no, I listened to it on Audible and I loved it so much. And it was just what we needed for like that sort of, it was probably like deep in quarantine, sort of like crazy. Oh yeah, it was. So it was like Dolly Parton song teller, my life in lyrics by Dolly Parton. But it was just a series of questions from what I understand. That's why I got the audible. It was like, they would ask her questions. She would talk. It wasn't like she sat down and wrote this out and you would love it so much. Cause she talks about all the things that, that, yes. And it's just, as you can imagine, like so hopeful, so lovely. It just felt like getting like a hug and like Mm -hmm. all the wisdom that she has. It was such a good book. And yeah, it came out the very end of 2020. So I need that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I know you've heard me talk about this person as somebody that like kind of got me into the online space or, you know, like kind of got me through that period right after I had my daughter, where it was just like me at home with a baby by myself, no adults to talk to. Tony Robbins. <laughs> no, that's not a bad guess. No idea. <laughs> was it? No, Tim Ferriss. Crap. <laughs> Have you ever listened to his podcast? No. It's like Tim I don't Ferris. listen to all of them. It's very long form content, like a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And the guests are so intensely varied, but mm-hmm. he's just so he's probably the smartest human being that's in my sphere of influence. Like I just listened to an episode of his and I just thought, oh my goodness, like this man is smart and he tells you how he learns things and how he does things. And it's not magic, right? It's just like, he's, you know, willing to take that feedback and, and keep going. So. Right. I'm intrigued now. I have to listen to it. Yeah. Maybe I can send you one that but every single time you go to listen to his podcast, you think, why am I interested in, um, you know, a world famous violinist? I'm not, but <laughs> the questions that he asked him, I'm like, wow, I am. So that conversation was absolutely incredible. It's usually well, very obscure people, except he did an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was really enjoyable. I love learning about people. So I am like, when I'm not reading I will watch documentaries just 
about random people because I love it. So, and I would be very interested to hear what Arnold had to say. <laughs> was a good interview. Yeah. So I thought he would be like an interesting, there's some things on his list that aren't a surprise to me, but I just feel like what he would recommend to people would be super valuable across a lot of areas. So I was curious and I had never looked it up before. Mm -hmm. So number one, he says the magic of thinking big by David Schwartz. I've heard of that book. I have not read it, but I've heard of it. I think you would like it. It's really He said he still reads the first two chapters whenever doubt creeps in, but Mm. it really helps you think outside of the box, which, you know, I'm big on. Yes. And, you know, I need help with that, especially I'm going to be vulnerable. You know, I doubt myself all the time. Like doubt and imposter syndrome are like daily struggles. So I'm going to have to read that book. Yeah, definitely. Like if people are familiar with Enneagram, it's like a very Enneagram two trait also. And just, yeah. We're also, you know, I think it's gotten for us, like as we've gotten to know each other, I think it's become, it's just, it's evolved and it's different than the beginning, but it was Mm -hmm. just like, we always really spent time in the beginning, making sure you knew like how valuable your time and your efforts were to us. Cause they are, Mm -hmm. you gave a lot of positive feedback, which I needed because you're only my second client and you and my first client, Kate are like the positive feedback Queens. It's like God orchestrated all of that because he knew I could not take any negative feedback to begin with like none. (laughs) Right. Right. No, it's perfect. So I think you would enjoy that book. If somebody hasn't read that book, especially if you're feeling like you don't know what's next, or you're kind of just thinking in the same, like I could do A, B, and C, but you're not even considering like option Z or, you know, Mm. something that's not even on the alphabet. Like that's a cool book for that. So the ride of a lifetime by Robert Iger. And he says the negotiation stories with Steve jobs alone, make this book worth the read because he does like to share about negotiation in terms of mindset and, also like tools and techniques. So, you know, this book is on my audible. I bought this book and I haven't read it. The right of a lifetime lessons learned from 15 years as a CEO of Walt Disney company, because I heard so many people recommend it. I'm Mm. really curious. I also have shoe dog by Phil Knight on my audiogram. I don't know how it ended up there. I actually do know I listened somebody I really liked their book recommendations who has a very successful company recommended it. And I think I got the first couple of chapters and I just like, couldn't, it wasn't my vibe at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so the art of asking by Amanda Palmer. And he mm-hmm. says, I was so inspired by the book that I put it down to start asking people around me for all of the help that I've been too ashamed or embarrassed to ask for. Wow. I think every female needs to read that, especially if you're a mom and a wife, Yeah, (laughs) because I'm the person I'll be in the kitchen, like slamming cabinets and pots when like, I really need help, but I'm like too proud to ask for it. Or I'm like, well, they're doing this and there and you know, they're busy. No, if I need help, I need to ask for it. And how many times do people offer to help even? And we're like, no, 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 no. Don't like inconvenience yourself, but we really want to say yes. Yes, for sure. (laughs) That hit the nail on the head, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, which is all about stoicism, which he really likes that just sort of framework for thinking. One thing that he says he does that he learned from like some stoic philosopher is 
for a period of time every year, he just like goes down to the very basics. Like he'll wear the same outfit um, or the same, like two pairs of pants and two shirts for, and this guy's like a multi multi-millionaire, right. But he'll like do that and he'll eat like really, really basic meals and just remind himself that with all the things around him, you're still the same person that you were. If you lost everything today, like you're still okay. You're in that reminder that he can take risks and do things in his life because that if you get all the way down to it, you're still okay at this level or that level. I love that. I would have never thought of that, especially like that. Mm-hmm. That's some deep books. I can, yeah. <laughs> you know? The Secrets of Power Negotiating, which I don't know that that's ever a book I'm going to pick up, but he said, yeah. getting the audio, get the audio if you can. From my perspective, it's the best book on negotiating. I've read practical, useful, and broadly mm-hmm. applicable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe if I'm taking a trip overseas and I need to negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll be back after my trip to Japan to negotiate, you know, a multi-million dollar deal <laughs> in my Sesame Street shirt that I'm wearing today. <laughs> oh gosh. And then this one I haven't read, Rework, and it's all one word by Jason. Fried and D.H. Hansen. And he says, I encourage people to think of this book as the elements of style for building profitable business in a web savvy world. Okay. I don't know why I haven't read it. If let's see. Ooh, Seth Godin reviewed it. It says Jason and David have broken all the rules in one. Again and again, they've demonstrated that the regular way isn't necessarily the right way. And they don't say it, they do it. And they do it better than just about anyone has any right to expect. The book is short, fast, and ready to make a difference. It takes takes no prisoners, spares no quarter, and gives you no place to hide all at the same time. I'm intrigued. I know. You have that intrigued look on your face. Like, hmm, that's going on my list. (laughs) I think it has to. And this one, um, Principles by Ray Dalio, which is, Ray Dalio is such an interesting person. And I'm sure I came across his work on Tim Ferriss's podcast, but he came on to talk about investing, which I think he's one of like the top investors in the entire world. Wow. And Tim says, I highly, highly recommend this book. It has already changed how I think about making decisions in my life and business. And these principles, I I am on Ray Dalio's email list and he, I think the book you can even get for free online, but he goes through some of these and I've always been really intrigued to check it out. And also I feel like I'd have to be in the right space for it because it sounds like intense. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely need to be the right season. So he has three more principles. Oh no, I already said that. How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan, who mm-hmm. Michael Pollan was the guy who wrote about, uh, Michael Pollan wrote the book Omnivore's Dilemma, which I read a million years ago. And I vividly remember this chapter where he talks about chicken nuggets from a famous fast food chain. And he said they had like, well, he wrote the ingredients. It was like 56 or 63 ingredients in their chicken nuggets. And it just really like at that time he was, I feel like at the forefront of saying like, there's whole foods, we can eat whole foods. And then he wrote that book. uh, This is your mind on plants, even though he says, I'm pretty sure that he's not plant-based, but the book he's talking about how to change your mind is 
also talking about psychedelics and like your brain on psychedelics, like I think plant medicine type of stuff and Tim Ferriss funds. He spends a lot of money on supporting universities and helping people because he believes that in very low doses, some of these types of substances really significantly help people with depression and different Mm. types of mental disorders. So he's like at the forefront of funding some of these studies to see if there is like this clinical use for some of these substances that people have been using out in the forest. (laughs) Okay. That's pretty interesting. And then Grit by Angela Duckworth, which I read and I was like, that was fine. I didn't read it again. (laughs) Yeah. But it just talks about teaching your kids and yourself to focus on hard work and not intrinsic capability. Right. Mm. So. Well, that sounds fun. I don't know why I read it, but I did the whole thing. Um, And then the last one, the 22 immutable laws of marketing by Al Rise, R-I-E-S. And he says, I have reread this before every product launch that I have done, which is saying something because he was like an unknown author that got on the bestseller list and he's had success after success with completely different types of like his second book or his third came out on Amazon publishing at a time where all the brick and mortar booksellers were boycotting Amazon publishing because they were really threatened. And they were like, we won't carry a book that is published on Amazon publishing in our stores. Like he came up against some really interesting things and still managed to hit his goals every time. So that book, I might not go like on my list and I'm reading tomorrow, but definitely I feel like it's one that is worth be read. And I like, uh, yeah, I just like things that are, it's good to know classic foundational stuff. And that way, if you do break it, you do break those rules sort of purposefully, you know? Right, right. Well, now I have some business books after read. <laughs> well, now let's get back. Hopefully this next list that you have is like fun books, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I chose an author. One of my favorite authors, because I need, I needed to know what she was reading. You yeah. want to guess who it is? Is it Sarah J. Moss? Yes. I love it. I could not. I could not know what Sarah was reading. I, mean, I need I to, know. to know. I've never looked oh, at well. Are you ready? Yes. I'm so curious. <laughs> okay. okay. So she listed three series that had like more than seven books. Like it was a bunch of books per series. So I only listed the three series, but there is the Chronicles of Pridane or Pridane. It's P-R-Y-D-A-I-N. Oh, and there's five books by Lloyd Alexander. And they I look pretty cool. That. Very fantasy looking covers. So I'm excited. The Chronicles of Pryden. And then there is a True Witch, the Witchland series. I've never read that either, but it looks really good by Susan Denard. And then Julie, one of her favorite book series is one of the very first book series as a young adult that I fell in love with. What? I mean, we're meant to be friends, me and Sarah. Yeah, for real. It is the Black Dagger Brotherhood series by J.R. Ward. Wait, I think I read that. It's so good. 
spicy just you know put it out there but it's so good and I follow J.R. Ward on Instagram and Facebook and all the things and it's like I think I read it my best friends and I we all read it at the same time and this was like before Kindle so we were like (laughs) (laughs) so you had to buy it with the cover showing yes what would happen was you know I would finish it and then I would pass it to Holly or Holly would pass me the next one or Aaron would get the next one. So, and or Pepper or Jacqueline, we were all kind of reading the series all at the same time. And we were, <laughs> and the covers are like the cheesiest, <laughs> like mid nineties covers ever. Sorry, J.R. Ward. But <laughs> I'm like, Sarah, you loved this series. So did I. It was very good. Very. Good. I know. I'm just looking at the description now, and I definitely read that because I recognize mm-hmm. the main character's name. I want to reread them now, like all 150 of them. I don't even remember how many they are, but there were a lot. And so now I have to have like I'm a big Kindle reader because if I had every book that I've ever read, my husband would like leave <laughs> like, like I can't live with all this clutter like my dream would be to have one of those like TikTok bookshelves that are like color-coded or something but there's just no way that can happen because I don't have the space and that the clutter would kill me too but <laughs> but I have to have the Kindle versions now because I think I gave away the books that I did have like in one of my moves or whatever but when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, Sarah, you are the coolest. When are we hanging out? I think I did that with Outlander where when I read Outlander, I got the soft cover if they were available because they're also such massive books. They're like 1100 pages, some of them. <laughs> and your wrist starts to hurt holding up that big monster book. But then I started loaning out all my paperbacks and then I, would, I wouldn't get them back and I'd buy more at the used bookstore. And then eventually now I just have like one hardback collection. But the new book in the Outlander series comes out, I feel like in less than less than a month. It's coming out this month in November of really? 2021. And I'm so torn because I think I have to go at least two books back. Yeah. But do I start from the beginning? Because sometimes I'll do like book one when a new book comes out. Cause there's like a couple of years in between when her books come out. It's not like no, I'm gonna have to start from year. the beginning. I'm gonna have to start from the beginning again. I, you know, if, if you've never listened to those books on Audible, they do such an amazing job with the narration. And I feel like I got a lot more of the humor. Like I understood it when it was, when I was hearing it versus when I read it, it didn't read as funny as it was when I heard it on Audible. Oh, that might be an idea. I just don't have all those commutes. So <laughs> that might be a good idea. So, yeah. So that was Sarah's list. And I think as a bonus, if you do love Outlander or you're intrigued by that TV series, Diana, I think she pronounces her last name Gabaldon because it's like a Spanish last name. I always want to say Gabaldon, mm-hmm. but it's Gabaldon. Um, she has what she calls her methadone list and she updates it you know, every couple of years, but it's like the books that will feed your soul in between 
the releases of hers. And I found a couple of books off of there in series that I loved. Like the Kate Shugak series is based in Alaska, which was super cool. Cause I was reading about like the library that we have here in town and um, she described it so perfectly. And, but they're like kind of that classic mystery, like whodunit types of books. And so I found that off of her methadone list. So she has really cool books on there too. I wonder, can you include that in the show notes as well? I think we should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I need to see that. Cause I didn't even know that existed. And now I have to go over that list. And her son is an author, which I've never read any of his books to this point, but she has one of his books on her methadone list, I think. So nice. Nice. (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah. So I'm, I wonder if this episode will spark anybody to look up like some of their favorite people's list. Definitely. Some people didn't have lists. Like I thought of a couple of people, I was really curious what they liked reading Mm -hmm. and I didn't find it. Maybe it's not a question that like a broad audience is interested in, but I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I never thought about looking up what some of my favorite people are rating. And now I'm like, (laughs) because we like similar things. I'm like, okay, well, what's she reading? What is he reading? Like, I'm just going to have to know all these things now. (laughs) And I think we do have together our best of list, don't we? Like we have our best of forever. (laughs) to this point, Liz? Um, I don't, but I can make one. I think we might, even if it was like a shorter bonus. Yes. Or even if we record them together and like release them on the same day or separately, whatever we want to do, but release our lists and say like, okay, here's our top top, but I'd be so curious about yours. So I'd want to do it. Yes, absolutely. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you had as much fun as we did recording this episode. And I feel like I learned so much and now I've made my TBR list even longer. Absolutely. Mine's just like an eternity long. It's fine. Everything's (laughs) fine. Uh, But that's the best part of being a total book lover, book nerd is that it's ever growing. Yes. And if you guys are curious, if Sometimes people ask me, I don't know if they ask you this too, like, how do you find time to read? Like, when do you mm-hmm. read? We could do, we could answer questions. We could do a Q and a, we could do a lot of things that we can give people tips or like how we fit the books in, how we decide which books we're going to read that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. I don't yeah. know if you've ever done this. I'll talk about it when we do our top financial books, but okay. sometimes I've done like nonfiction themed years where I'll read a theme of nonfiction books because sometimes you can read one and yeah, it kind of sticks, but it doesn't like fully, you can't get like fully immersed in that topic or, you know, take on. So one year I did like a productivity type of year. I say that sort of loosely in quotations because Mm -hmm. that's a broad topic, but like one year I read all financial literacy books. And it Mm -hmm. was such a fun year. I have such good memories of that. And it was, it felt like I came out of that year really shifted in my thinking, Mm -hmm. which if I had just read one or two books spread out, I don't think I would have had that transformation. No, but that's a, I've never done that before, but I love that. Normally I'm reading four or five books at a time. So I don't like, I probably miss a lot of the things that I could take away 
because I'm multitasking books <laughs> because I'll like read two or three chapters out of a financial literacy book or three or four chapters out of a mindset book or two or three chapters out of, you know, an autobiography about somebody that, you know, I'm interested in. And when I get tired of one, I just shift to the other. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> There's like a stack of books by my bed. And then my Kindle library is just ridiculous. That's like knitters. We rotate projects because sometimes you'll like do like a big complicated one and you need like an easy kind of brainless one. And so you rotate back and forth as you, otherwise you get so burnt out on one thing. Right. Right. With your sweaters and your scarves. (laughs) I'm making a shawl now. My very first shawl. Oh my goodness. Next time you see me, maybe not next day, maybe in two weeks, the shawl done and I'll show you. It's very colorful. It's it's shawl or nothing. (laughs) Definitely. That's my new, it's my logo. For next Hashtag year. shawl or nothing. <laughs> Are you shawl in? Oh my God. I can keep going. I can keep going. <laughs> and that's why you wrote the theme song to this. Series I, because. because I'm a lyrical genius. Not really. It's just yes. because I'm a dork. No, stop oh with the words. <laughs> If we ever need to make merch for this podcast, like shawl or nothing, a hundred percent. Cause I want a shawl <laughs> or nothing at a shawl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really. I mean, it just flows. I can't just snort I'm so impressed. Oh my gosh. I just snorted. <laughs> if people wonder what it's like to be at our team meetings or on our boxers. <laughs> guarantee it's amazing this happens yes and if you get michelle and ellen like all up in the mix we have the best time we have the best time we have such a good balance yes we need the balance (laughs) we are productive but we would we would take off one of my favorite things you've ever sent me was that um it was something from Instagram where the business owner had written like, can we, and then hit enter too soon. And her team member was like, yeah, absolutely. When do you want to start? <laughs> like that's our, you didn't even finish the sentence. That is me to Julie, because if y'all did not know, Julie's a dreamer. And so she has like 150 tabs open in her mind at all times. And she's thinking like, into the future. Oh, I want to do this and let's do this and let's do that. And I'm over here going, yes, let's do it. Oh my God. We can do it here. We can do it there. We can do it everywhere. Like total Dr. Seuss. And then Michelle's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's think this through. Let's yes. I think this ties in here. I'm all for this. And then Ellen's like, hold on guys. (laughs) We have 27 things happening next week. Can we please like make a logical timeline here. <laughs> she, she's like our voice of reason. Yes. The, we need that sometimes. Mm-mm. And also the only time I could think of where I said something in your face was like, oh my goodness. When I was talking about social media and I was like, from this day forward, remember I made that pronouncement. I was like, I what will do it? nothing on social media if I am not feeling it and it's not a hundred percent me. I don't care if I don't post ever again. Like, um, <laughs> I, I only want things to go out to be like so authentic that people know who I am. None of this like boring, like blah stuff. And your face is like, um, could we maybe not be so drastic? <laughs> maybe like 
once a week at least. Like, give me something. Let me repurpose your blog. <laughs> Let me do something. And you were like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't think that's going to help. <laughs> I'm all for being authentic, but like, just don't stop. <laughs> I needed that proclamation for myself to just be like, yeah. absolutely. I, I had put out a post that was so lame that even I like rolled my eyes. I was like, why have done that before? Purpose of this. No, no purpose. I hate yeah. it. Even as a social media manager, and this is getting off topic, but I have to say it, I really struggle because authenticity is so huge. And so uh, I struggle with, okay, I want, I have, you know, my three pillars, education, entertainment, and oh crap, inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> And so like, I'm all for, I can inspire and entertain all day long, but I feel like oh, all these people probably know what I'm going to share. Like, they don't. Though. so no. I know. And like, then I look at other people like in my niche and I'm like, oh, dang, that was so much better than what I would say. And so I, uh, I haven't even done my own, like all my clients, social media stuff's done on time probably at least a week or two in advance, I am last minute getting mine because I always put it off. So yeah, I get, I got, I got the proclamation. I did like my heart stopped for like 2.5 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I was was like praying Ellen would come in in the clutch and give us some wisdom. (laughs) If there was ever a moment for you to say something, now would be the time. Please. (laughs) But I get it. I get it. I get that struggle. Yeah. Well, I feel a lot better now. So I, I talked, we talked to me off the ledge. So I do Mm -hmm. still post on the gram. Yes. And it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And your graphics are killer. (laughs) I I mean, thank you to whoever created those templates. (laughs) That's all I can say. That's why reels have been fun. Like, I don't know that Mm -hmm. I came into this year thinking I would like them. And definitely, like, I I saw a post from an author the other day on TikTok who said, hands down, TikTok sold more of her books than any other platform combined, Mm -hmm. including her publishing company's entire marketing team. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Because once you get on book talk, I mean, hopefully you have a good book because they will give their honest opinion like truthful because they don't have to look at the author, you know, in their face and say it. But I mean, but if your book is well liked on TikTok, you're good. Like you're going to sell books. You're set. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, my friend. Well, this has just been an absolute pleasure. Yes. I can't wait to to record more of these and have people listen. I know. Me too. We're still recording. (laughs) I know. Because we haven't said bye yet. I know. Okay. Okay. Love y'all. See you next time. Bye, y'all. Have a good day.